Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Welcome to the Inventory Professional with me, Sean Hemming Metcalf, and I have our co-host with us today, Melissa from MGN Inventories. Hi, Melissa. How are you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. We were talking um, for the uh, benefit of our listeners um, about the whole connectivity issue. And um, today, uh, um, it seems to be a bit of a nightmare. I've um, had a Zoom meeting, a Google Hangout meeting, and I've had problems all the way through, like connecting to Chrome and stuff like that. I don't know if you're getting the same kind of issue. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's very slow. Um, Even so much as uploading documents, you know, it's taking a long time. Um, but I, I do think everyone's having the same problem. It's uh, it's an unprecedented amount of people at home, isn't it? I mean, and I, everyone's on the computer at home and not working and they're just, you know, watching films or doing whatever. And then the ones that are actually working as well. Absolutely. I mean, I've really noticed a, a real downturn in like internet speed, upload, download, etc. And you can definitely tell when the network's really struggling at, at certain peak times during the day. And to be fair, everybody's, like I said, trying to work from home and using all these different um, kind of technologies maybe that we've not been used to before. I mean, Zoom is, is all over the internet and, and that's what we're using today to record our podcast because it seems the most reliable out there at the moment. But I'd be interested to hear from the listeners if everyone's got any other kind of potential options or experiences um, that uh, would make using the internet a little bit easier. I'm definitely all ears on that one. And right, so today's podcast is how to remain relevant during the pandemic. Um, it's very difficult at the moment because a lot of infantry providers are not working because agents are shut, um, some of them working behind closed doors. Um, and even though there is still some activity, there's not a huge amount of activity, mainly because um, we are having to self-isolate and also any work where it's essential to do so. And there's a, a lot of conversation around whether what we're doing as infantry clerks is essential in regards to doing checkout reports and doing inventories. Certainly from my own personal perspective, there is some work that does need doing, certainly where you've got maybe key workers trying to move into a home or where people potentially could be made homeless because of what's happening and they're in a chain and things have to move forward. Um, therefore, certain reports will need to be completed so um, it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment I mean, what's your experience at the moment Melissa? Um, I, I mean there's definitely a downturn but like you there are still people that need to move and uh, there's a lot of talk you know there's a lot of talk between infantry professionals about whether we should be going out and whether it is essential and I do view it that it's one of those things that it is essential you know the people that can't put it off for whatever reason whether they're key workers or like you say they're part of that chain um it still needs to happen and we are almost lucky that we're quite used to being alone anyway <laughs> um so you yeah. know the vast 
majority of what we do, we are alone and uh, we've got good um, sort of health and safety and hygiene practices anyway. And obviously they've been ramped up of late. And, uh, you know, the only real change with that, I suppose, is the contact point is either how you're getting keys now, because that's all changed. Um, and obviously not meeting people to do handovers for checkouts. So whilst, you know, those few things have changed, essentially it's kind of business as usual, but it is just now the demand that I'm seeing a downturn in, which I think, you know, is inevitable. Um, lots of people aren't doing viewings anymore. I know a few agents that still are. They're managing to do it through various ways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, again, it's that whole technology side of things, isn't it? I'm seeing people, um, agents, um, also infantry clerks, using technology in order to do video tours and doing live streaming for the property. So they're the only one in there and everyone else is, is watching it. It's something going to touch on another podcast that um, will be coming soon. Um, and yeah, I think it's making people think really out of the box to see what else we can do in order to keep things ticking over, certainly up until the um, the lockdown is either lifted or if not, there's certainly um, less restrictions on, on potential working and movement, etc. But I uh, know we're not going to know about that. Probably, I think the earliest is next week because in legislation, in the emergency legislation that's been put forward because of the pandemic, the government has said that they would review the uh, lockdown restrictions in three weeks. And that is, I think, up next Thursday. So the idea is, is that um, we should start seeing some kind of indication of what to what's going to happen next in the, in the next few days, certainly by, I reckon, probably Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Yes, and I think we're all quite hopeful that restrictions will be lifted a little bit, but um, uh, on a slightly pessimistic side, because, I, you know, I'm seeing so many people still outside, and I think this weekend probably will be a bit of a sort of deal-breaker with that as well, it mm. being weekend and I think the weather's predicted to be fairly nice I you know I worry that if so many people outside the government might just say well you know let's carry it on longer and longer because you know we can't be trusted because <laughs> I, I suppose it's an all or nothing situation if they release sanctions in certain places as they say well schools can open you know it's, it's where what things do you open when really and I haven't really seen a precedent for that in other countries it's either that they haven't really done a lockdown and they've kept schools and some social places open or they've done a lockdown. I haven't really seen the in-between is how people phase out of it. So it'll be interesting to see what they announce. Yeah, I mean, we're living in unprecedented times. There is no rule book for this. There's nothing to really draw a parallel with in order to understand well, what works and what doesn't work. I mean, we've had Wuhan open up and, and, and lift their restrictions, but then they've been effectively locked down since, the I think, about the 23rd of January. So from that point of view, they, they seem to be beyond their you know, their spike and, and they've, they've seen a downturn and, and, and luckily enough, less fatalities. But equally, every kind of European country, every area seems to be um, experiencing different levels of um, cases and, and unfortunate, again, fatalities as well. So it is very much a case of wait and see. So we'll just, that's all we can do at the moment is obviously take the advice, stay home unless work is absolutely essential. You can't do it from home, which you know certainly in our case we can't um 
and obviously do our best to support the NHS and, and try and save as many lives as we possibly can. So that's, I think that's about as much as we can do at the moment. And, and that kind of brings me neatly on to the, the point of the podcast today. What we've been doing whilst we've been um, not in the office and not out is looking at our services and practices to see what else we can offer in regards to um, either a service or help or support and one of those things has been about um, interim inspections or property visits depending on how what kind of terminology you use um, and clearly at the moment we can't be going into tenants properties it's not safe for them it's not safe for us and quite rightly they wouldn't want us in there and I wouldn't really want to be in there um, in their in their homes because it's, it's just not right but equally I understand there is a need for both the landlord and the agents and the tenants to um, be able to put over any issues or concerns that they might have, but also give that indication that everything is okay, everything's running all right. And if it's not, having a mechanism to be able to actually provide that information in a, in a format that's easy to share, see and understand. And that's why Inventory Base have um, launched their free tenant self-service inspections facility. The idea behind this is as though that tenants can um, go through a list of questions which are all set against the Fitness for Human Habitation Act. So we're looking at things like, you know, have tenants got um, enough toilet facilities? Is the water to the property working okay? Is it clean, clear, etc.? So it's, it's useful for washing, both and also for cooking, but also making sure things like the carbon monoxide alarms or smoke alarms or heat sensor alarms in the property are all working and being able to provide a mechanism so that they can showcase that to the letting agent, to the landlord, whilst we're in this lockdown time. I've shared the blog with you and the information and the template, Melissa. What was your initial feelings when you first saw what we were proposing? Um, yeah, so I think in terms of, particularly for in terms of interim inspections, um, it's quite a useful tool in that I know a few agencies that will um, decide on the renewal term based on an inspection, so they'll always want an inspection. And that's not to say in times like this they would say, well, we can't come and do an inspection, you've got to leave. <laughs> and yeah. so no but more that it might affect it. And they say, well, if we're not sure we can't see it, then maybe go on a periodic, you know, a rolling month-to-month contract mm. instead of signing you up for another 12 months. So yeah. I mean, this certainly is helpful for those tenants to get across, you know, how, how the property is. And certainly as well, it's a good way of documenting any maintenance for them. Um, tenants obviously typically are calling agencies and letting them know, but especially in times like this, where you might just have one employee in a, any agency working, you know, they might be a bit overwhelmed um, with maintenance and things. So I think that that's a good way of documenting it as well. And certainly um, sort of the guidance notes are very clear what to do. And I think it would be uh, quite easy on the system for them to go through and, and you know, there are bits that they, they might not understand and they might not fill out, but at the same time, it gives you a good indication of what's going on in the property. Um, and I think that's helpful for both agents and landlords to, to be able to get something in at a time when maybe they might not have been able to receive something for some months. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, at the moment, there are some people, especially those a bit under safeguarding, they're looking at a minimum of 12 weeks before um, they can have a realistically any kind of contact. And obviously that, again, is is up for um, advice and renewal, depending on their particular circumstances, obviously what the current government advice is at the time. And to, to not have an indication of how the property is for that period of time for a lot of landlords and agents you know would be a bit difficult to manage purely because like you say it's the maintenance side some maintenance things are just non-urgent but if they're urgent and we've got a a mechanism for the tenant to be able to upload pictures to show look this is what it's like and also be easy for the agent to then move that forward and be able to prioritize those um, issues why do you think um in terms of the agencies as well this is quite a useful tool for them because they are going to when when everything opens be overwhelmed with a backlog of paperwork and and if they go out you know the agency's open and they've all of a sudden got to do a whole portfolio of 200 odd inspections then they've got to process 200 odd lists of maintenance at least this is just sort of keeps sort of pushing our way forward slowly but surely it's you know it's helping to keep things going a little bit exactly and it's not meant to replace um, the clerk it's not meant to replace that that eye that we have when we go in that human interaction but quite clearly at the moment with the lockdown that's just not possible Um, and as you say we need to be able to give a mechanism for for everyone to prioritize those issues so that if they are effectively category one make the life difficult or potentially put the tenant's life or their well-being at risk because the, these maintenance issues haven't been dealt with um, it's a way of making sure that this is all recorded so that should there be issues further down the line that there's an audible trial there also if tenants for whatever reason decide that they don't want to use this option and they don't have any checks um, and they don't let the agent know of any issues etc and then come at the end of the tenancy they then try and rely on um, maybe issues that they haven't reported it's a way of the agent and the landlord saying well actually to the to the adjudicator you know we tried to do that we've given them the mechanism they failed to do it and now all of a sudden they have this big issue which means uh, section 21 cannot be issued because um, it's pre-existing but at the time they were given that option to let us know to give us that video evidence to give us that pictorial evidence and they failed to do so and the audit trail certainly within infantry base allows that to be seen quite clearly i.e you've sent the email out it will tell you whether the uh, tenants opened the email what time they opened it obviously if they've made any comments when they've uploaded the information and not so it's it's a real good audit trail um, so should there be problems at the end it's clear exactly what was done how it was done and it's all recorded for everybody's benefit so to me that makes a huge amount of sense yeah absolutely I, like I say I mean it, it definitely serves the purpose um, it's kind of it's helping all parties so for now it's you know probably the best thing that we can do the best solution that we've got yeah, because we don't know how long this is going to be going for. I mean, we could be out of lockdown within the next couple of weeks. We could be here for a couple of months. And certainly if you look at Wuhan with the numbers that they were posting from cases, etc., they've been in lockdown effectively for 11 weeks. Now, we are slightly different in how we're 
potentially curving or not as the case may be but then we're also looking as you quite rightly said earlier about all the other um, European and global countries as to how they're faring because once we kind of like stop lockdown and we move out of lockdown and movement starts up then there's obviously the issue could the virus effectively spark up again you know, you know because we don't know exactly how many people are infected etc so it's gonna it could be potentially a long time before we get back to any resemblance of normality so to me again it makes sense to have that mechanism in place so that um, people have got choice more than anything else and I think that's what it needs to be. It needs to be choice. I mean, that's another reason why we've just also launched the tenant pre-checkout note service. And certainly when I, I mentioned this to you, I think initially, Melissa, I think you're a little bit, oh, hang on a minute. Is that going to take out the checkout option? You know, does that mean we're not going to be needed? Would that be fair? That's correct. It is, um, it is kind of a minor concern that people will, um, especially in this day and age where, you know, times have changed and tenants aren't paying for checkouts, that a landlord might look at the pre-checkout notes the tenants completed and think, oh, that looks fine. No worries, I won't need to claim everything, anything from a deposit and so not want a checkout. Um, and again, I think that's probably just about educating people that you still do need one because obviously people are opportunistic. And tenants might take photos from certain angles and, um, you know, you never really know what a property's like until you've got someone independent going in. So I think it is just educating them and the agents that, OK, it might, it might look fine, but actually, you know, there might be a massive scratch on the workshop. There might be an iron burn mark in a corner of the floor um, that you can't see from their pre-checkout report. And um, like you've done with the guidance is to say that this in no way replaces the checkout. Um, it does, you know, it is something separate and that is something that they need. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's, it does not replace the checkout. Um, the, the thoughts behind it were initially is that we, we're not having that face-to-face -face contact. So how do we get the information that we would normally get from a tenant at that uh, appointment so that we can take that into account but all equally give the tenant the ability to be able to say you know what it is that that may be pressing for them maybe it's an outstanding issue or that they just want to, uh, things to be noted like you know I've I've had the property professionally cleaned and here's the receipt or um, there's been an ongoing issue where I've had the landlord's maintenance people in, but it's still an issue and this is what it is. Um, it's sometimes difficult to have that conversation remotely. I mean, I always, as part of our process, say to the tenants, you know, if you're not going to be present, because we always invite them, some people um, prefer them not to be there, I'm happy either way. Yes, it might take a little bit more time if the tenant's there, depending on, you know, whether they follow you around um, during the report or whether they um, just come in, hand over the keys, have a bit of conversation and leave. It just very much depends. But the pre-checkout notes is a way of capturing that and giving the tenant the opportunity to say okay these are the issues or this is what i want you to be aware of and then should at checkout at the ie when we do the full report there's clear inconsistencies we've given the tenant again the opportunity to raise those issues and be upfront and honest for want of a better word with anything that's been happening at the property that could affect the deposit and again we've then got that auditor trials to say to the deposit scheme to the adjudicator look you know we gave them the option we 
gave them the vehicle to let us know about certain things. Um, when we went in, we found this, that and the other, which wasn't mentioned. Um, and this is the timeline. Clearly, this is within the tenants, tenancy time period. So they are effectively liable for any of the damage stroke issues, depending obviously if that's negligence or it's a maintenance issue. Um, so it gives them that vehicle. And when you think about it, we do this anyway when we speak to the tenants to make the appointments or when we talk to them face to face at the property. But this is just a, a better way to capture that information and again give the tenants the, the ability to put forward anything that they want to know. And then it's also giving them the confidence so that they know then we are taking their comments, their notes seriously, that we've captured them as we said we would. It's also done in their own words rather than us, because sometimes people can say, well, you know, that's your interpretation. It's not what I meant. Well, this gives them the vehicle to, to actually say exactly what they mean and give the, the, the video or photographic evidence, which again is date, time stamped, really good audit trail. Um, so, in a way, to me, it gives tenants confidence that the checkout process is going to be done fairly and professionally. Yes, I, and I think a lot of tenants now are worried about what's happening. You know, it's the current climate. Will their landlord try and keep their deposit anyway? And, you know, how long will it be before we go in? So I think that this does help their confidence, like you say. And there will be tenants that will be fully on board with this kind of thing. And they would love to have, you know, love to have their say and all their little comments. And, and like we see, you know, on a daily basis, some tenants just want to hand you over the keys, have a quick hello, and that's it. And others might want to talk to you for 45 minutes to tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything that they can so uh, you know this kind of system I think really helps with that that they like they can have their say and it's in their own words they can't say oh you did a synopsis of what I said or that wasn't quite what I meant so some you know, some people will find that really helpful yeah exactly and, and I think that's the key thing here it's about being helpful about being supportive uh, and about giving the tenant and the landlord and the agent a professional service yes I know the tenant isn't paying for our service for the reports but they could potentially pay and pay dearly um, via losing money from their deposit if the process isn't done correctly so to me it makes sense that as professional inventory providers we've got a and a, a service, a vehicle to provide to them a way of capturing that information that everybody can see that's open and transparent. And like you said, especially in this particular situation with the pandemic, there's a lot of worry um, that maybe things will get missed or brushed over for speed uh, or expediency because people just want to get things done. Um, and there's a potential then that uh, deposits will be at risk. So we're just trying to help minimize any of those potential issues, either if they come up or just mitigate them to the point where they don't come up. Um, and to me, again, that makes sense. And one of the things certainly within the FAQ sheet that I've done for this service is about whether tenants are intentionally failing to mention major issues. Again, one of the reasons for the audit trial and to keep the report within the property audit trial, i.e. you're going from inventory check-in to interim to check out if we have a pre-checkout and then we find something major like you said melissa um there's a prompt there for the tenant to say look be honest 
tell us what their issues are. You know, if there's a great big crack in the, the hob, like we had a couple of months ago, tenant was stood in front of the hob and we're having a general chat and everything goes, everything's fine. And they normally kind of have a conversation. Yeah, everything's fine. You are happy with everything. And I always say to them, well, I won't know until the report is done and then it will go off to the agent, etc. And But I will let you know. And they were stood in front of the hob did all the keys everything and I'm thinking you're not moving why are you not moving <laughs> and they didn't move until the right at the very end of the conversation and they're like right okay then and then it was like bye and they're gone and I'm like okay that was quick looked at the hob great big crack in the hob cool yes. that was picked up by the inventory the clerk actually rang me to say let you know that this is what's happened, this is the conversation, and this is what I found. And then yeah, at the end, the tenants, nothing to do with me. That wasn't there when I left. The, the, the clerk said that if it was fine, it's like, mm, actually, no, no. People will always try, won't they? They yeah. do, do go and go. I've had similar where someone was standing in one spot in yeah. the living and I was sort of, you know, milling around, and they were just glued to that spot. And when they moved, I saw a burn mark on the carpet. Mm. So, you know, people will try, and I think as long as it's got that caveat that yours isn't sort of the final say, this is your opportunity yes. to tell um, what's happening, but it is doesn't override the report, you know, as long as we don't want tenants going back and saying, well, my, you know, mine's time and date stamped and yours was afterwards, and now you see it in yours that the landlord could have went in but again you know there's a thread of logic to that anyway and those sort of times where um something like that happens you you could you know realistically your landlord's not going to run in to an empty property and ironed on the floor <laughs> while no. you, after you had left so there is that element of logic to it but you do want to make sure that yeah and like we say people are opportunistic so that they won't try and use this in their um you know in their favor and i think by having that caveat there that this isn't the final word it's to support the document but whatever you know the document finds is you know the final word as such then yeah. that's fine yeah it, it, it's basically what the final report comes up with in regards to issues and comments etc and also then who, who's liable for that and um, which is obviously for some quite difficult because certainly for me as a provider, my clients don't want me to assign um, blame as it were, or portion liability to the tenant or to the managing agent or to the landlord because they have their own FM services, but not everybody does. So yeah, again, that's a bit of a, a sticky conversation. And maybe that's another podcast we could, where we could yeah, um, thrash yeah. that out and uh, be interested to hear from other providers as to how they manage that part of their service because it is important but we all do it very much differently especially because we don't really have any set effective standards I know all the deposit schemes issue their guidance but that's all it is it's guidance um, it's not statutory it's not legislated in any way shape or form even though it should be it's just not um, so it's about trying to find what best works for everybody but equally protects everybody um, and gives the ability both to the landlord and to the uh, tenant to be able to manage that tenancy constructively so it doesn't become all about a blame game as it were so what I would recommend for anyone deciding to use these two self-services as part of their service to their either landlords and to their agents is have a look through the documentation. We've written user guides both for 
ourselves as inventory providers, but also for tenants. Also, there's an FAQ there to answer any questions, but obviously if you've got any more questions, then my contact details will be um, on the notes, but you can also find me at inventorybase.com if you would like to discuss this further. Um, but don't look at these self-services as a route to us as clerks losing work. In, the way I look at it, I think it enhances what we do. It helps us showcase how professional we are and that there is opportunity for the tenants to feel valued and, and to be respected and to be listened to whilst we're doing our job. Yes, ultimately our report is forever is that's um, paying for that service. Most of the times landlord stroke letting agent, but it doesn't mean that everybody shouldn't be treated fairly. And certainly from our point of view as professional inventory providers, uh, one of our key roles is to be impartial, is to state the facts, provide the evidence, and, and then allow then the adjudicator to make their decisions based on what we've provided. And one of the, one of the ways we can do that is by offering alternative options and services like the pre-checkout um, notes service to tenants so that they can have that opportunity to have their say. So thanks, Melissa, for joining me. Um, great conversation as always. Yes, thank you. I look forward to the next Inventory Professional podcast, which will be with Anthony from First Arts Peninsula in Northern Ireland, where we're going to be talking about him, about how he manages his service, what his experiences have been as um, a seasoned inventory provider, but also looking at what he's been doing in order to make sure that he remains busy during the pandemic but also what other services he's been looking at to both enhance himself as an inventory provider and literally using this opportunities this lockdown this time at home to refocus and look at new directions and discover new opportunities so i look forward to you all joining us at our next podcast thank you Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.